This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. You're, 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 tuned, you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back. It's always game day in Cincinnati. Bye week. There's no bye week for us. We have to talk about the five and four Cincinnati Bengals. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, how you doing? I am doing well and already relaxed. Me too. You know, it's kind of wild though because Twitter today I felt like was having a mini. Oh God, the verified thing. It's wild in the <laughs> sports world. And for me personally, so I'm gonna say this, and and please don't come at, come at me, listeners, but. I've never really cared about the blue check mark because I feel like everybody on Twitter was getting one anyways. And I get it. It's it's good for verifying news when there's an Adam Schefter. Not anymore. Um, not anymore. There's a not <laughs> Adam Schefter. <laughs> but uh, but it's just I, I never really, really cared too much about the verified stuff of social media. I know it's a thing and it's important to a lot of people. It just wasn't that important to me. Um, but no, now. I'm- I'm heavily with you. I am team no check mark. Um, also, I feel like I couldn't uh, mess around and post memes and stuff as often if mm-hmm. I had a blue check next to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this guy supposed to be like a serious source for the Bengals? It's like, nah, I don't want that. So I there's some rules with it. And I think a lot of people are finding out that when they buy their blue check mark for, eight, again, $8 a month, no way. Not at all. Yeah. And, and Nick, our producer, says if you click on the check mark on people's accounts, it'll tell you if they paid for it. So it's just going to take people are already falling for ball sack sports. They're not going to click on the name, nope. click on the thing. No, that nobody's doing it. I, they're going to get so many people with this. It, I, I'm not going to lie though. I did have, it was kind of fun today watching people because there are so many people that are like $8 a month, 100% I'm buying that check mark. And then, so I guess my Twitter page wasn't updated. So all these people didn't have their blue check mark that paid for it today. I guess it only shows up on mobile right now. I think that's what I saw. Yeah. So I guess I need to update my app right now because it's not, it's not showing up at all for, for other people who bought it. And, you know, it just made me laugh. I'm, I'm happy for them. And and it is kind of a big social experiment on uh, social media for the people that get it. And the ones that get mad when the wrong person is tweeting the information and they fall for it. Um, but I'm here for it. Honestly, I'm here for the chaos. I'm here for the chaos. I enjoy the jokes. If you're just a common person, I feel like there's better stuff to spend $8 a month. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's another thing. I've seen some people just get it to get it. I'm like, don't do it, man. Just, you know, Well, I mean, send it to the Joe Burrow or Hayden Hurst charity or something. 
100%. That is a great idea. And the, the thing about it is, I feel like everybody has apps nowadays. Oh, of course they do on their phones or if they're streaming shows on their TV that you have like that random $7.99 that comes out of your paycheck or of your account. And you're like, what is that going to again? I don't want one that says Twitter $8 a month is coming out of anything that I'm paying for. Um, I have fun on Twitter. I, I sometimes... Um, I feel like it's a diary sometimes of what I tweet during a game. Cause I'm just like, Oh, I don't, I don't care who's reading this. I'm just going to keep tweeting it out. Um, but I just, there's, yeah, people aren't too happy about it. I think game time Twitter is the uh, most real experience where we're all just yelling into the void. There's no performative stuff. Oh, there's, I guess there still is, but like most people, me and you, at least yeah. it's, it's just like, first down. <laughs> Oh, uh, so cool. <laughs> like it's like it's like you're at the bar with your friends. It's, you know, just you can just hear my loud mouth. Uh, I guess the louder you are is based off your followers. So <laughs> you're my well, loud mouth just yelling like, hey, did you see the root counter? Wow. <laughs> well, the thing is, I haven't had the chance to go back to like the first half of the AFC championship game and look at my tweets oh, to the goodness. very end because I thought the game was over. I'm like, it's over. It's over. It's okay. Maybe they can come back. I, I don't know. I don't remember dooming, but I was drinking heavily. So mm -hmm. I don't think I'm allowed to do that anymore now that I have to do a post-game podcast. Yeah, better not. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I don't, the thing about that, it's just, it made me laugh today and it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild for a while until I guess this experiment doesn't work out for Twitter, but I don't know, maybe it will. So yeah, make sure if you're following people and if a blue check mark bothers you, just go to their profile, take the extra two seconds. It'll tell you if it's a parody account because you have to put that in your bio if you're a parody account. They're still banning those parody accounts anyway, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's, I don't know. I, mean, I had a good laugh about it today, but uh, we'll move on to second half of the season second half middle blade point one of the things you're seeing during bye week because there's not a game to talk about until next week is mid-season awards we'll do a few i feel like the biggest one right now is the easiest one but we're still gonna do it mvp of this team not named joe burrow oh okay there that makes it interesting <laughs> i was like uh no this is too easy okay um so you still have the offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year. So I think it can't be somebody that's been injured telling myself to not go with DJ reader. Uh, man, it could still be chase. Cause he's only missed one game. So I might go there. I might go Jamar chase. So I even put MVP first and I'm stuck. I'm stuck right now. I want to put someone on the offensive line, but it's been so roller coaster like. And then in the receiver room, you do have those options. I, 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 I'll go. I'll go. T. Hick and Tyler Boyd. I, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling up this own question that I brought up when it comes in. I think even missing one game, two games now. Uh, yeah, Jamar Chase is right. probably still the MVP of the team. Now, if he misses another two games and you want to do a three-fifths of the way through the year awards show, maybe I have to go find somebody else. But uh, two games, whatever. He's He has such a big impact on the field. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. And it really felt like Jamar Chase was 
it's unfortunate because it felt like he was really getting going in that Atlanta game and he was just yeah. about to just crush his rookie season records, which is really crazy to believe. Nick, our producer, he is just gold right now. He says Lou. And it doesn't, have to be player. it doesn't have to be a player. We can All even right. put him in there. Because right. if we do coach, we, we're going to say the same thing. We'll both go If we do Lou coach at, at the midway point of the season, I would go Lou. Yeah, I would too. With I mean, uh, hmm. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get uh, there. So, okay. So if you were to go Lou, that's fine. I'll still go Jamar Chase. I, 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 I feel like Lou falls in two categories, though. Because – he can be the MVP. And honestly, it's kind of wild because in about a month and a half, we'll be able to see just how special he is as a defensive coordinator because, of course, we have last year. And Lou was able to get his guys over the last couple of years since he's been the defensive coordinator. So, of course, that's helpful when you think of free agency and they've hit on the draft. But just the adjustments that he's been able to make, I'm sure you remember in the Marvin Lewis era where they would go into halftime. I mean, they would have timeouts in their pocket when they would go into halftime when they could have used them and maybe went down the field and had a drive and they never did it and no adjustments ever happened. Like I just expected the game to be over in the second quarter with them. And with this team, you know, and maybe it is a little last year, but I just know they're going to be okay. Even the Dallas game, and I know they lost that game. They got off to a rough start defensively, and I was like, they're going to they're gonna bounce back. They're going to be okay in the second half. And defensively, they were. They just couldn't get, really get too much going early on offensively either. But, yeah, I guess Lou would fall into two categories with me when it comes to coach and kind of just the MVP of this team. It's so easy to say Jamar Chase, and I guess I just want to differ from you because you've already said it. Uh, and I and I I think it's it's the next two weeks are just going to be really really intriguing to see if Jamar Chase um, if 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 they if he feels good to go and they put him out there for that Pittsburgh game or if they rest him for Tennessee because I still feel and maybe I'm optimistic that he returns before uh, the Kansas City game because then that would have that would fall into the four week category. Not to ramble. All right. So offensive player of the year. Um, it would be Jamar Chase, but I, I don't know if I want to double dip here. So I think I'll go. I will go T Higgins offensive player. of the year. This is very not surprising that the wide receivers are leading the way for me uh, uh, on this team. You know, I'll go Tyler Boyd. Uh, early on, they really weren't, they weren't getting him involved and it was very like a big head scratcher. Like, what are you doing? You have Tyler Boyd on this team. He's still a great receiver. And I felt like, you know, after a couple games, they settled down a little bit with the offensive play calling and got him more involved. Something about Tyler Boyd and it feels like his whole career and, and not to go back to the Super Bowl drop, but he's always been that third down guy. They always find him on third downs. He always grabs it. And I think he's just been fun to watch over the last few games when they do get Tyler Boyd involved. So I'll go Tyler Boyd. Let's flip to defense. Uh, end of the year, I think they'll end up being DJ Reader. But like I said, I think he's missed too many games for the halfway point. He's missed more than half of them. So I think there's two choices. We're going to say the same thing. Let's say it on three. Okay. One, two, two three. three. Sam Hubbard. Henderson. Oh, Trey Henderson for me. I was going to say Trey Hendrickson, but I didn't know which one you were going to say first. I think it's either one. I I, I guess you could put Logan Wilson in there too. He did miss a game, yeah. but he's been really the same guy. You could even argue Cheeto, but I think that the two guys that are really making this defense go are Trey Hendrickson and um, 
Sam Hubbard. I don't know why I blanked there for a second. <laughs> just got said. So Trey Anderson is being able to apply pressure consistently at the same level he was able to do last year. He's not coming with the same amount of sacks. Mm -hmm. I think he has been probably the main engine when it comes to generating pressure, but Sam Hubbard hasn't been that far behind him. And Sam Hubbard does play better run defense. He's one of the best run defending edges in the league. And he really makes the run. He's really lifted that run defense up ever since DJ Reader's injury. So I like both answers. And I think there's two other guys you could go with, but I think the two guys we named are the two that they're a little bit above everybody else. Yeah, we were thinking of the defensive line, and obviously when DJ Reader's back out there, I, I'd put him right back in the category because he was having a heck of a start to the early season. Uh, but the linebacker room, I think in the second half of the season, is going to get more love when you think about Logan Wilson, uh, Keem Davis-Gaylor. I said before the season that he was going to be one of those players that I was going to be watching on the defense this year. And I feel like, you know, getting more reps out there, being a part of this defense. And I still just feel so strongly about the linebacker draft class uh, that they were able to draft in, in Logan and Nakeem Davis Gaither's year. And even Marcus Bailey, who sometimes I forget about, uh, it's going to be really strong and fun to watch in that department. So most disappointing players so far. Ooh, most disappointing. Uh, okay. I have a feeling I know where you're going to go. Mm -hmm. You know exactly where I'm going to go. <laughs> so you just go first. And you're going to be, okay, Lyle Collins. Yeah. But, I uh, mean, I just I just feel like because you go back to March and the excitement, honestly, you could go with the tackle position right now yeah. um, in, general, in general, right and left side. But I think that excitement, the moves they were able to make in free agency and add to their offensive line. I mean, people were stalking this guy at the Kenwood mall uh, over the excitement that he was going to not leave Cincinnati and sign with this team. He was going over to Joe Burrow with the other offensive line free agents that were in town and they were eating crackers and talking about whatever. And he was going to be Joe Burrow's bodyguard. And that clip just, you know, was so exciting for a lot of Cincinnati Bengals fans thinking they finally got a guy, the next best player they've had at right tackle since Willie Anderson. This is huge. And it could be injury. And that's one thing that, you know, I, I feel like maybe that was kind of the start of the season when you don't get those reps in training camp and, and preseason. And he's kind of bouncing back off of that. And I say that after one of his best games in Cincinnati. So it feels a little, I feel, I don't know, in between about the decision. But I would say with just the expectations going in, it was going to be a Lyle. And I would just say most disappointing right now. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with a different answer because it's somebody who can't even make the roster right now in Jackson Carmen. I think Ooh. that's the most disappointing. Had an inside track to win the left guard job. He had all the snaps in training camp. He had all the snaps in preseason. What if those went to Volson? You know, he'd probably be a little bit further developed already. But they tried to baby him into the job again, and he failed. And I think it's just we're past the point where he has been so disappointing that they're ready to cut a second round pick in less than two years because he's just done nothing to improve himself. So, well, at least Lyle has an injury to fall back on. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's where I'm standing. It's just I guess when you look at just disappointing to me, that's Carmen, because I think a lot of people, not me, really, I didn't really see it. But uh, there were a lot of people that were thinking like this guy is going to be an improvement. I remember the offseason tweets about Jackson Carmen hasn't given up a sack yet. It's like, yeah, but he sucked. <laughs> that's just that's just luck. <laughs> 
I do want to have a disclaimer when I said Lyle, because I said to like the early part of the season, I really hope this guy comes out in the second half and is like, this is who I am. You saw me in the Panthers game. I am the bodyguard for Joe Burrow in this offensive line. And he does what he does best out there. And we see that in Cincinnati for the second half of the season. So that was my little disclaimer. I do want to say that. Okay. Well, what do we have left to do? Our new rookie of the year? I think that one's easy. I mean, super easy. It's and and if, yeah, it's Cordell Wilson. And at some point, and I, I joked about it today because ESPN put their rookie rankings top 10. He's obviously not in the top 10. It's not going to be. Did any offensive lineman make it? Yes. Oh, okay. um, uh, Linderbaum. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep, he made it. I, I can't remember. It was obviously the top 10, but uh, he was one of them that made it. And, yeah, I mean, I, I I think you, like we've talked about on the podcast before, with Jackson Carmen not working out, you needed this to work out. And so far, he's getting the most reps as a rookie on the offensive line. So that's absolutely huge for this team. And so far, so good. Yeah, no, he's the only one that's starting, and I starting, think he's, he's doing a yeah he's he's doing a, a, a he's an adequate starter. And I think that's impressive for a late fourth round rookie. So I don't know how many more we want to do. There's coach of the year. I think you go with Lou, obviously. He was your MVP. Unless you want to switch it for your coach of the year. I coach of the year. I I will say, look. I'm getting out of all of my answers right now, but I will say that it's two people that might not be here next year. Okay. Who do you think that would be? Lou. Um, oh, man, the second one. My second choice for Coach of the Year would be Marion Hobby. Nobody talks about him, and that's Defense, unfortunate. Yeah, we both named defensive linemen as the best player, and if it wasn't for DJ Rear's injury, we'd have three defensive right. linemen as our best players. So I, I think that you need to give him some credit because when he came in, it feels like everything has gone gotten so much better. So I don't know who your second one is. I, I think Brian Callahan's gone next year. You think he's gone? Mm -hmm. I don't know if the offense has played consistently enough. And there's so many offensive guys there out is. there. there but is. I also think Callahan is so open. He feels like a player's head coach that's ready to uh, hit the market. So I could see that. But both coordinators, I guess. My mind was like, I don't know. Do you think Pitcher is going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere? <laughs> I do like him. I do I like he's uh, underrated. Yeah. Uh, Troy Walters, I think, is my favorite assistant 100%. offensive coach. Uh, just wide receivers. This is a wide receiver team. Trent Taylor, Trent Irwin stepping up. Mike Thomas might not have you know, stepped up, but he's still a good special team or blocker. Uh, but, yeah, you, you see that Trent Irwin, Trent Taylor stepped up. We hear less about the, the chatter about everybody. I think he does a good job. I would say linebacker coach, but – the linebacker coach left and then the new one comes in and I feel like the linebackers are still awesome. And I'm just like, I don't yeah. know how to, how to gauge that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. And honestly, we, you hear people criticize Zach Taylor a lot. I feel like he's really built a great staff. Uh, we talk about the culture and everything you know, off the field with this team and kind of the turnaround after the 2019, his first season, what he was dealing with, who he had there as far as talent. And I just, I like the hires. I really do. I think it's it's great assistance, and obviously the players are are all buying in. But those are awards right now. Oh, I was going to do one more for just do most it. improved, but I think that's Sam Hubbard, and I don't know if you have somebody else. You know, we'll just stick with Sam Hubbard. We'll stick with Sam, Sam Hubbard, and I'm sure after we get done recording, I'll be like, no, I should have said that guy. Uh, but, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And honestly – yeah, I'd sit at that. I feel like those awards are are pretty spot on from the halfway point of the season. And second half is really where they get tested. 
Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm anxious to see what that looks like, but at the same time, five and four sitting right here, uh, second place in the division and a lot of difficult games ahead, but it's bi-week. We only talk about great things and we have a mailbag coming up with all of your questions next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey... Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It is bye week. It's time for the mailbag, a long mailbag, two segments of mailbags. We'll go over to the Twitter world. Jimmer says, player review of Zach Carter so far. Do we expect a different year two? What kind of player do you think he's going to be with his career? Oh, through the future. Um, uh, he's interesting. I think he has not some awesome reps. He has some... He has some reps that he flashes. Last week is the first time I think he consistently played well. He didn't really have any bad reps. Didn't have any awesome reps either, to be honest. But, you know, it is is what it is. He's a rookie. Uh, I would say I think he's a rotational defensive tackle for the future. Almost reminds me of, um, I think, like a like – a, I don't think he wasn't a, a defensive tackle, but like a Wallace Gilberry type that, you know, oh, they come in and they're, they're good at their job, but he's not going to start. I, I don't, he could start, but like, he's not a starting level guy that should be out there 80% of snaps. He's a guy that comes in and you're not that surprised when he does something good. All right. We'll move over to this side because I'm getting this question a lot when it comes to the elite pass rushers that this team has faced early on in the season. AB says, are elite pass rushers the Bengals Achilles heel or is it something at play when the offense looks like hot garbage? <laughs> I think it is. Uh, if I had to guess right now, I think it would be for the offense. It's the elite pass rushers. They just they haven't done a great job against those guys. Uh, Every really good pass rusher has a sack on them. Even Brian Burns had a sack, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, TJ Watt. He's head down the list. It's like, yeah, they all are able to at least get one sack to ruin everything. So I would say that's the Achilles heel right now. I don't know if you have the same thought. Yeah. I mean, at this moment, I just, I'm still, I, I look at the game so far this season and the four losses, and it's just really frustrating with the game plan versus the Browns. I I don't get it. I don't like it. I never want them to ever do that again. That game should be forgettable. Whatever tape that you have from that, it should be thrown away, deleted, and deleted again. And I never want to watch it. But yeah, I mean it's just questionable. Um, I don't know. I do this offensive line will continue to get tested. 
over the next few weeks in the back half of the season. But I'm not really looking forward to facing TJ Watt uh, in a couple weeks again because we've already experienced what that looks like. And obviously it was first game of the season and there's a lot of things you can point to and, and why the Bengals struggled in that game. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's still something to watch out for and a little concerning. Um, UK Cincinnati fan says rank one through eight, the biggest threats to the Bengals on retaining the AFC championship. You don't okay. really, this is a little difficult because we would have to go through all the teams ahead of Cincinnati right now. So I'm going to change your question up just a tad bit. Who do you feel like are the threats? Versus not, not even the Kansas City, not even the Bills, but but maybe some of the other threats when you think of wild card or possibly winning the AFC North. So the biggest threats are Chiefs and Bills. But um, the next thing is making the playoffs in general, losing the tiebreaker. So you think if the Jets and Dolphins have the same record as the Bengals and they both have a better AFC record, they'll get in instead of them. Um, if they lose to the Patriots and they both end up 9-8, and eight, the Patriots get in. If they... Uh, if the Chargers just have a better AFC record than them, they don't play head-to-head, so they can get in. The the Bengals just shot themselves in the foot. They don't have a great AFC record, so I think that's one of the biggest threats is just not making it. And the Ravens have an easier schedule. We've already seen them. They beat the Saints. They, they're up a game, basically two games, because they're probably going to finish with a better division record than the Bengals. So uh, even if they win that second game, they're not going to win the tiebreaker. They have to finish ahead of them in the division. So that's what I think is the biggest threat to them other than the Chiefs and Bills, is making the playoffs in general. If you can't make the playoffs, you obviously can't go to the Super Bowl. And that's a super disappointing year to not have a good draft pick and to not make the playoffs and even give yourself a shot at retaining the AFC championship. Yeah, I think you have to think about this back half of the season in all of the games that it, you have to find five wins there. I think five, at least five. You need to get the 10 wins for the wild card. It felt like the better shot if you looked early on in the season or even just a couple weeks in that winning the division is the best route always because you get the guaranteed home game and you get the AFC champs or AFC North champs and you just are like, I'm automatic. I get a play home. Um, seeding will be to determine on how many other wins I get in the second half of the season. But yeah, I mean, there are just teams in front of them. You look at the Titans. I mean, their defense still scares me. I think a lot about that divisional game and seeing Joe on the ground was not something fun. I ever want to see again, which we've, which, you know, noticed it a couple of times over the last couple of years. And I think the Baltimore Ravens, I don't know if I feel the Baltimore Ravens are the better, better overall roster, but they put themselves in a great position. When you look at the back half of this, the schedule, of course I would switch with them in a heartbeat, but at the same time, Cincinnati struggled with teams that they should have beat early on in the season. So anything is possible where I feel like you have to split your division and you have to win three division games right now in the AFC North. And that's not going to be easy. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. We'll do this one. Uh, we, we have the time. <laughs> Greg Luther asked, Lindsay, I want to say thank you so much for saying the right choice for the best Christmas movie of all time. Home Alone 2. Can you give me your top? We're going to do five Christmas movies. Top five Christmas movies. Um, yeah. You go first. Okay, Elf, number one. I don't think that's disputed. Uh, after that, Christmas Vacation, uh, I guess I'll put, after Elf, I don't really have a ranking, but I'll go Christmas Vacation too because that's the first one to come to mind. I think it's very funny. Uh, three. Um, I'm already losing it. I'm already losing it. Off the top of my head, uh there's so many Christmas. Is this is tough. 
I know. I, I do like Home Alone 2 a lot. I guess it makes my top five. I, I agree with you that it's a good Christmas movie. Um, there's Hanukkah movies I like a lot. Go ahead. Throw them out. Eight Crazy Nights, the animated one with Adam Sandler is very funny. I still quote the technical foul song a lot. And um, I guess the last one, because I can't think of too much right now. I liked uh, um, The Night Before, the Seth Rogen movie. I thought that was very funny. I've never watched it a second time. I saw it in theaters. When I see things in theaters, I have a better opinion of it because I'm eating popcorn and I'm enjoying myself. So that's my five. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I put some stuff in there that I don't think is normally a top five. But like, I'm not a huge Polar Express guy. I'm not. No. Uh, I don't get that excited for a lot of even the old movies, like the old claymation stuff. I, I don't get that excited about it. I don't get that excited about the the Peanuts one. The Santa Claus was up there for. Oh, the Grinch. Okay, I missed one. The Grinch. I love. I mean, the, how do you miss all, the Grinch? I love all. Because I'm going off the top of my head. I didn't I didn't write it out. <laughs> I, I think it would go Elf number one, Christmas Vacation two, Grinch three, Home Alone two will be four, and then I will go with Eight Crazy Nights as five. Even though it's not a Christmas movie, it's Hanukkah, but whatever. Okay, I'm going to struggle with Christmas movies because I am going to tell you what I'm doing right now. I'm Googling. Uh, I love Christmas. I love Christmas. Oh, it is, I, favorite it's holiday. Amazing. It's amazing. I will say That's this a different about question. Somebody did ask <laughs> <laughs> I, I know people are like, why are you celebrating Christmas? It's November. And I'm like, because we've moved on and you can still celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas at the same time. I promise your right, tree can is, be up and you can enjoy Turkey, day. even though I don't like Turkey, but we'll get to that. When we I get celebrate Christmas the day after Thanksgiving. It feels like the right time to start is Black Friday because that's when Christmas stopping starts. <laughs> starts <laughs> for me. <laughs> you can't Christmas shop before Oh, I procrastinate a lot. No, I do not <laughs> Christmas shop before Thanksgiving. I respect Thanksgiving. My... Not for the not not fully for the colonizing, but for the food. I fully respect the food. I love Thanksgiving. I, I, I love too. Thanksgiving. You know what? I love Thanksgiving. I love the meaning and everything like that. I, I like yeah. you know, being thankful, being with family and everything like that. I think it is a little bit dicey to talk about you know, all the other stuff, but you know. Whatever. You don't think about it. I'm just thinking about hanging out with family, being thankful, and eating yeah. a lot of turkey. Here's my, my dog's life. favorite. My dog's favorite all this Thanksgiving because he eats his body weight in turkey and takes a nap. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And football's on all day. Oh, yeah. That is a great part. I mean, Especially the Bengals never play. They never play. It's so, it's funny because I was actually looking at the games that could get flexed going into this week that weekend. And I was like, why do all these teams play on Thursday of the 24th? That's so wild. Um, yeah, these are some pretty intriguing games. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's Thanksgiving. No wonder. I was way too involved in who is playing that Sunday uh, that the Bengals play in Nashville. But, no, I love it this year because I'm actually going to Nashville that night. I'm leaving after Thanksgiving to go and spend a really long week in Nashville. So it should be a really good time. So I'm anyway, biased. You've been avoiding the question long enough. Top five Christmas movies. Oh my gosh. Um, I am gonna go. Obviously, I have to I'm I'm not you gotta stick to, with Home Alone too at number one, right? I'm not gonna get to five because I'm gonna ramble, but I'm going to explain myself right now and I will make this quick because we have to go to our next segment. But I will say Home Alone 2, people get mad at me and they're like, No, you know, like uh what's that movie called with um they hang the lights and his name is Clark. 
that's Christmas Vacation. That's yeah, what, never, <laughs> that's never watched. It. I never. Oh, watched that was really it. good. It's really funny. <laughs> I, it's like it, I, I'm gonna get some hate. I, to me, it's yeah. older because I'm yeah. 26, <laughs> so yeah. like I wasn't alive when it came out. But it's still very funny. Like I, I don't think of it as like really dated. It is, but it's not. Yeah, everyone gets on me when I say that Home Alone 2 is the best Christmas movie. Like, you've never seen this movie? This is No, we all have a different opinion, and that is totally fine. So I'm going Home Alone 2 because every time it's on, it makes me want to go to New York during Christmas time. And he's hilarious. The little dude in there, I mean, he's so funny. And Joe Burrow? <laughs> I can't unsee that. I really can't unsee it. It's so wild to me. Yeah, it should be our number one, just because it is, it, it is our quarterback. I'll go ahead and put Home Alone at five. Oh, okay. Um, because it has to make it. I mean, they're my favorite. It when that movie plays, you know, because I'm a '90s kid, so you know that it's Christmas time. So those are going to be in my top five. I still like Santa Claus because it is. It was one of those childhood Santa movies. Santa Claus is good. They made Sam too many. Allen, the, the first know. one's definitely good. So yeah, I'll put him in there. That would um, make a top ten for me. Yeah, I, and honestly, I could probably have a better one if I would. I, and I saw this question and it's my fault. There's one that's kind of scary. It was um, the night before Christmas. And the nightmare before Christmas? The nightmare before Christmas. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. I want to say one, and I know that's not five, but I want to say one that is so overrated because we need to talk about it is A Christmas Story. People act like you have to love that movie and watch it for it, 24 hours. It plays too much, I think. Because what, like TNT or somebody does yeah. like 24 hours of that? I'm like, play a different movie, man. <laughs> if I want yeah. to watch this, I'd just watch it. I don't know. I it's what I think it's funny, but it is just played so much that I don't, I never watch it because I feel like I've seen it so many times that I don't really enjoy it when it comes on. I'm just like, yeah, there it is. Elf, Elf. I can't Love believe I forgot Elf. Elf, Elf is, is great. Favorite. That movie you can watch over and over and over again and be like, yeah, I'll watch it again. I'll watch it again next season. That's totally fine. Uh, one of my favorite movies. So yeah, I'd say Elf, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, The Nightmare Before Christmas, um, and Santa Claus. And I would probably edit that list a little bit, but I know that Home Alone 2 would definitely make the list and Home Alone would be in the top five. <sighs> yeah. James Caan. What range to to be the dad and elf and to be uh, in The Godfather? Uh, but rest in peace. He passed away. God, well, the Godfather is another. It's not a Christmas movie. A Christmas movie? What, because <laughs> he gets shot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say something about The Godfather. <laughs> I've heard the Die Hard theory, but I'm here for The Godfather as a Christmas movie theater. This is this just seems so Italian. I'm in. <laughs> but I, well, it brings back because, you know the three. The, what's that? Uh, the Irishman. The Irishman. That's like I three hours long. That. Yeah, it's too. So long. I watched that like two Christmases ago. Okay. And Once like at night. At night, and it was three some hours, and I loved it, and it made me like okay. I'm like, oh, I need to watch Godfather. I've never watched Godfather. Oh, but, I watched for the first time a couple uh, last year. So I'm with you. That's a great movie. I'm not going to lie. That was sacrilegious as an Italian to not have watched it by then. But um, yeah, really good. I haven't watched three. Um, I hear it's okay. And I don't know if that's worth my time. <laughs> like, yeah, first two are awesome. I'm like, the third one. I mean, and is it like one of those three hour movies too? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I mean, that's going to take some attention. I skipped, uh, I skipped a Goodfellas when I was doing my Mafia watch. I love it. I love it. Well, we have more questions. And before we ramble on, because we're going to in this segment, we're going to our next one on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, keeping one more Christmas topic because we don't have plenty of that to get to in December, November-ish, mid, late, almost Thanksgiving because it's already November 9th, which is insane. But I want to talk about Christmas trees. Because people were giving me a hard time. And in Twitter, they said it. When do you put your tree up? When do you start to celebrate Christmas? Are you a before Thanksgiving or after? I feel like I know the answer, but are you real tree, fake tree? Fake tree, all the way. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I've never had a real tree. <laughs> I guess that's the reason. I, the needles fall down. I got a small dog. I feel like he's going to ingest them somehow i don't know <laughs> he yeah. likes to go near the tree a lot so fake tree and i am an after thanksgiving person for christmas as much as i love christmas my favorite holiday i just i wait until after thanksgiving to do everything that's awesome i'm not that person i'm a november 1st is christmas time and i'm ready to celebrate and let's go everybody get your holiday cheer out my tiktok for you page is all christmas uh nick our producer says his fiance already has the presents wrapped which is crazy and i love christmas so much but my presents aren't even purchased yet so i'm not even there i'm, my, I'm yeah like i said i don't purchase my presents till black friday also uh i have a tradition of wrapping everything the night before and uh hating myself but usually listening to uh different christmas jams like the blink when two happy holidays to yell it's christmas eve and i've only wrapped two <laughs> presents no, I, yeah, I'm definitely like a day before because I, I just go home and I'm like, I'll just wrap these the day before and everything will be totally fine. We'll get to a couple more Bengals questions. Again, we'll have plenty of Christmas Thanksgiving topics coming later on the podcast. Boxy Brown says, knowing what we've seen from the first game against the Steelers, what are some aspects of the game you guys will be looking to into this rematch? Um, so obviously blocking TJ Watt looks like he's going to play, but I think the big one for me is, can you run your quick game? Because TJ Watt kept disrupting that. That I think was the big thing. It wasn't even blocking him. You could take the pressures and everything, but he had an interception. He deflected a few balls. What is your plan to make TJ Watt not get in the way of throwing a slant behind him? Or do you just run your quick game to Alex Highsmith's side? That, to me, is an interesting part. I don't know if there's anything that interesting about the defense versus their offense, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it, their offense didn't do anything against the defense the first time. I know they scored points, but it was it, they scored at the end. I don't want to discredit them too much, but it was very much their defense won the game. So to me, almost everything interesting is on that defensive side. Does Minka step up and you know make an interception again? Do the Steelers forced turnovers. This Bengals team hasn't really had that many turnovers other than that first week. Do the Steelers just know how to play them to get turnovers or something like that? But I think the most interesting part is the quick game is going to help you to slow down pass rushes. So can you execute your quick game without it getting tipped at the line? Yeah, 
I um, I don't even want to think about the matchup right now, even though I chose that question, just because I know we're going to talk about it next week. And we're just living off a high of two weeks of a win, putting 42 up, and then we'll get real serious about that matchup. But I'm going to go with another Twitter question. And he says, Burrow loves taking a couple hits and the quarterback sneaks are on the goal line. Short yardages are good. Scripted way to do that. But would you like to see Sam Hubbard in as a fullback for some of those scenarios? Um, I mean, yes and no. I don't know. I <laughs> I think that I don't like to see Burrow take all those hits. I I, I actually I got pretty upset when they ran the quarterback draw uh, when they're up 21 nothing <laughs> at the goal line. I was like, what are you doing? This guy takes enough hits. I think Sure, Sam Hubbard can place a fullback in that scenario. I I don't know how well he'll do it. It's been years. I think he did it before. Any other big body defenders you'd like to see line up at fullback is also interesting uh, yeah. part of that. But I they they haven't done much with fullbacks. They've like Drew Sample would be the guy they put at fullback. Sometimes they could put Hayden Hurst there, but he's not a real fullback. Um, I don't know. What what do you think about Sam Hubbard at fullback? And then I could do the second half of that other. Big no, I it's nothing against Sam Hubbard. Um, I I don't know if I want Sam Hubbard taking those hits. Yes, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I don't want him injured, and yeah. he's been just so productive on the defensive side that I say no. I just want to say one person I'd like, and then you can get to who you would like to be in that scenario if we had to choose. BJ Hill. After his mic'd up, I feel like this guy is all in. He I want him to score a touchdown at this point. I want to see B.J. Hill running down the field, scoring a touchdown. Maybe it's a pick six. Maybe it's a scoop and score. Maybe he's helping Joe Burrow with the quarterback sneak on the goal line. But I'm, I'm for B.J. Hill in this moment. Um, Man, the first thought in my mind is goes against what I just said about Sam Hubbard getting injured because I was like, oh, DJ Reader. <laughs> but then I was like, I probably don't want to put D.J. Reader there. He already had the knee thing. Uh, BJ Hill's a good answer to go different from that. I think, I don't know. I, Damato Pecco used to do it. I think J2 Fele with the hair, you know, when let's... he goes out there, man, that was so fun. When, when Pecco would go out, you'd be like, Oh, yeah, Pecco was, Pecco was good at it. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know, give Tufele a shot at it. Cause that, that to me is almost even better than Hill in terms of, well, if he gets injured, we can manage. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to think the worst case scenario only. I think she'd be good at it too. But yeah, it is like in my mind, I'm like, I can't send somebody too, too important out there. Uh, no, and, and I'm, I'm going to go to this next question because we've talked a lot about Lou in this podcast, and I mentioned the second half adjustment. Sergeant Houday says, what do you two think will be the biggest adjustment that Lou makes on the defensive side of the ball for the second half of the season? I think it's interesting. The biggest adjustment is probably even less man coverage. And I think they showed this against the Panthers there. Not only is it going to be a little bit more zone heavy, I think it'll also involve a little bit more confusion aspects. I think it will use a little bit more dropping an extra guy into coverage at times. Um, it seems like he just prefers the coverage to the pass rush where he's going to spend his resources to help make up for Cheeto. So that is, uh, that's what I see is a bit more put into the coverage and trying to confuse quarterbacks. If Lou can mask the absence 
of what they've been able to do without DJ Reader, which for me personally, I've been impressed because when DJ Reader went down, I was like, mm, this is going to be devastating. I mean, it is still devastating when he comes back. I can't wait. And hopefully it is for the Pittsburgh Steelers game. But what he was able to do there on the defensive side of the ball and then credit to the D-line coach. But if he can mask the absence of Cheeto in the second half of the season when you face these quarterbacks, I mean, I got to give Ryan Tannehill credit. Um, for the Titans, you get Tom Brady out there who sometimes looks a little like Tom Brady and other times not so much. You have Josh Allen, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Deshaun Watson, and then you'll have Lamar Jackson. So if he can if he can make those adjustments in the second half of the season without their star corner, I think it's going to be, I mean, this again, credit to, I keep saying he's going to be a head coach, but I, I all the credit to Lou because that's going to be pretty difficult to do. Yeah, that is, it's hard to overcome uh, that injury. But he overcame the DJ Reader injury, so I, I have faith. Good about it? Do you feel good about it? No, I'm being serious because that's one of the things that felt so devastating when they lost to the Browns when Cheeto was gone. I feel good about it in general. I worry about it. I think I've said this a few times when they play a really good number one wide receiver because they probably can't trust themselves to play single high man coverage. All right, we'll go with JC right now. He said, bye week means self-scout. We gave our awards in the first segment. What's your favorite moment from the season leading up to bye week? Ooh, interesting. Favorite moment. Hmm. It might. <sighs> There's so many thoughts in my mind. Um, the first one to come to my mind is in the in the Dolphins game when T caught the long touchdown along the sideline. I thought that opened it up and it felt like such a big I was there too. So yeah. I think that I'm not I don't I go to like one, maybe two games a year. So going to it, experiencing the stadium and that moment, just everything erupting because it felt like the offense was bottled up right before that. And then that happens and it's just felt like such a party. I will say this because I'm going to go to two parts and I'm going to bounce off a little bit there. Let's do this scenario. Monday night football is the second to last game of the season. You say you only go to like one or two games a year. Are you coming to Cincinnati for Monday night football versus the Buffalo Bills? Maybe. I don't know. What, what, <laughs> I am what, not what, committed. What if this team wins the next three? So my actual worry is uh, being in the Midwest in the winter and driving five hours in the snow. <laughs> and I hate the cold too. But I do want to support them. And I know there's a lot of people going to that game. So, like, I, I get it. It's just in my mind I'm like, oh, man. All right, so I they hate won't be there. The snow. Uh, they won't... Lean, no. But it's a it's a strong maybe. Uh, I wouldn't say like, no that's... yet. Podcast listeners, Twitter listeners, make sure you make Bengals underscore fans get to Cincinnati for another home game because it's a great slate of quarterbacks coming in, not named Deshaun Watson. Um, I want to go back to what you said with the Miami Dolphins game um, when it comes to the atmosphere. I think that was one of the coolest moments like as a fan atmosphere. Obviously, the play winning that game was huge. When it comes to play, I'm a little biased in this department, but it was when Jamar Chase went off in the Atlanta game 
Um, it's a little bittersweet because he was injured and, you know, he re-aggravated his injury. So that's unfortunate, but he just went off and it was so much fun to watch him just do the Lambo leap again, him and Tyler Boyd out there. I just, I think for me personally, it was the Atlanta game because you could say the Louisiana game that this offense finally felt like they were clicking after a really early struggle. And then obviously winning at the Superdome was really special for Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. But I felt like it was like, oh, yeah, they're back. Their offense is back. And I know who they're playing against, but I felt really confident in what we were going to see for the rest of the season, obviously, if Jamar Chase is healthy. Yeah, my second choice was uh, the Jamar Chase back shoulder run for a touchdown against New Orleans to win the game. I think that was also up there for best moments. If they ruled it a touchdown, uh, the T. Higgins dunk against the Jets probably would be up there for me, but the heels touched or something. <laughs> what what questions are you seeing out there on the Twitter world that you liked? All right. Let's see. I'm going to go from the people that didn't follow really the rules and yeah, let's do them. did my not enough questions and they answered, they put it in there. Parker, our uh, friend of the show asked like seven questions. We'll go with, we'll go with one of them. <laughs> um, how does this Bengals team make it to the Super Bowl? Wow. What a question, because again, we have three minutes. So I'm listening to our producer down there in a little chat box, mm -hmm. but last year, October was when a lot of people nationally, and I think even locally thought, Hey, this team could be a Super Bowl contender. They had health on their side. I would say, because this, a lot of people are afraid of this team playing on the road. They proved last year they can win playoff games on the road. You win at Arrowhead in the AFC Championship game, you can win anywhere. Joe Burrow's played in that atmosphere before in college. So I would say this is going to be really generic. Uh, your quarterback stays healthy. You have an offensive line. And Jamar Chase returns. Um, health is a big part. I think health is just one of the more underrated things. It's I know everybody hated the whole injury luck regression thing. It is real. It's like it the is. Bengals were one of the, luck, the healthiest teams. I think injuries are a lot of luck. If you just think of the way that the guys have gone down this year, it's like one play and just boom. It's not like these soft tissues that linger. Um, the Rams were one of the healthiest teams last year. The year before the Bucks were the healthiest team. It's like when you win the Super Bowl, you're probably up in the top five in health. So that's a part of it. I think the other thing is I think they could go on the road and make it as a wild card. I, after last year, they almost did that. They had to beat the Raiders at home. But other than that, they had to go play the number one seed on the road. And I get the Titans probably weren't the best team in the AFC. Chiefs were, other than the yeah. Bengals. So they went on the road and beat them in the toughest place to play. You, we haven't seen them play on the road in the snow really so like the buffalo aspect of that would be interesting to go to buffalo and have to play there i would say if they can maintain some health jamar chase gets back to four and we we don't know if the hip labrum terror small fracture is going to have much effect on him on his play if he could play up to where he normally plays the run game stays good not elite but just good enough and Joe Burrow is hot, then I think this offense can actually carry them into the Super Bowl. And the defense will never be that bad. 
uh, with Lou Anarumo going week by week and divide, <clears throat> designing those game plans. So I, I have a lot of faith in the defensive coordinator to go week by week and specifically come up with something that's going to give the opposing offense some problems. And I have faith that this offense could be even better next year. So the defense might not be as good in the playoffs just because you're missing some of these guys, especially Cheeto. But the offense could be a little bit better because the offense was clutch, but it wasn't that good in the playoffs. It was all right. They scored like nothing in the Chiefs game in the first half. Then they were good in the second half. The Titans game was not a good offensive showing. Nine sacks. They didn't score that much. And then the Raiders game was an okay offensive showing, but they didn't score 30 in that one either. And if the in the Rams game, if they had a better offensive showing, they, they win. But we don't have to talk too much about that. I thought the defense played extraordinary in all four of those games. So – I have faith that they can play at least really good and give the offense, the opposing offense, some issues. Yeah, I'll make this quick. But as you mentioned, health is obviously number one on the list. And as I, you know, I, I've said this before, and I know it's a big thing on social media for a lot of people when they look at what Cincinnati did last year, they're like, oh, they were lucky. They got lucky. I wouldn't, I, I hate that argument. I, I don't think you can get that lucky in all of those games, but it's health. It's a little bit of luck, just a little. Because you think of some of those tip passes and, and they were able to get it in the Tennessee game when you think the game's over, Randy Bullock's going to kick the game winner and they're able to get it back. When... Yeah, but in the Tennessee game, they also had a pass go off P. Ryan's hands into the defender. You're right. So, like, you're right. So, I feel I mean, like that went both ways. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I buy like the luck like, in game. I buy the luck injury as if they didn't, they yeah. didn't get ACLs from to an important player or anything. Oh, and believe me, I don't think this team just got lucky last year. I mean, that's talent. That was talent last year. You see Joe Burrow go off as comeback player of the year. You hear your rookie of the year wide receiver who was unbelievable. I'd say, yeah, I guess you would put the little bit of luck with the health in the health mm -hmm. category, uh, which is a lot of luck to have to have your team that healthy. Uh, but no, I just I mean, I don't like that argument. I always kind of fight it. I'm like, that's silly. That's that's not fair. That's kind of like saying that argument that the Chiefs lost the game versus Cincinnati winning the game. And I hate everything about it because uh, you don't beat them twice. You don't beat them twice. in, in those atmospheres, one at home for the AFC North title and then at Arrowhead in the AFC championship game. Um, just say, just say what happens since 91 game. But, uh, but yeah, so no, I mean, wow, that's crazy to think about at this halfway point of the season. If we're sitting here in January and February talking about Super Bowl, I don't know. I'd be pumped. I'd be ready to go to Arizona, book that ticket. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, no, now I'm getting optimistic. See, we can get optimistic during bye week. Uh, then we'll get serious next week. Four o'clock game, Tony Romo. Um, but yeah, what's up on uh, all Bengals right now? Uh, the Joe Mixon article just going over his game, just so many awesome plays. It was hard for me to cut any plays out because he almost had a really good play on like all of them. But just going over in depth, like what happened, the play call, and um, what made that play work. I, I, I think it's interesting. Hope people like it. Uh, it didn't get as much traction as I hope, but I also think that uh, everybody, everybody, you know, they, they, they got all the plays beforehand, so I didn't keep anything from them. So I don't know. That that's uh, the article that's up. I'm probably not putting up a bye week article just yet. I'll probably have something up next week, whether that's just a mid season type thing or I, I already previewed the Steelers, and I don't think it's that different. So <laughs> I'm probably not going to do that again. But uh, yeah, go check out the Joe Mixon article until I get something up for next week. 
Yeah, I read it. And then I read everybody else's stuff. Your, your stuff has more than what everybody else has. So everyone <laughs> should go read it. And uh, no, I'm just joking. But really, I mean, everyone go read it. Make sure you're checking it out. All Bengals. Bengals underscore Sandy has great breakdown after every game, all the video cuts and just great notes. Follow along on Twitter at LNDS Patterson. And just like I said, Bengals underscore Sands. And we will be back next week to preview the week ahead as the Cincinnati Bengals get back to work and to be determined if DJ Reader is back there on the practice field. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.